0: You are listening to the Salty Witches podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and of course we have Mike as well. Hello. And tonight is a very special episode. We are going to be doing spooky stories.
1: Yes. Where did that come from, spooky? What happened to the know. word spooky? I don't know. Spooky story. Okay. Like I, I, I get you know, I'm I'm up on all the cool, new and hip lingo, but uh yeah, like, can we just say spooky? Yeah, so um, we'll say spooky. Ugh, you're such a spooky. Spoopy. Ugh, God, it just it makes you it makes you sound dumb. Um, I don't mean you personally, but people who say that, I'm like, you sound dumb. Just say spooky. The word is spooky. Spoopy's not a thing. Mike is grumpy. Spoopy sounds like a very like old school like I can has cheeseburger kind of lingo thing that people do to like infantilize their pets, which is just disgusting. Yeah. Sorry. Long day. All right. Yes, as you were saying, we are doing spooky stories tonight. And we've had some some cool submissions from some of our listeners. So we have some cool stuff to share. And really, the purpose of sharing these stories is, I think... Um, well, not only one, to share the story. Because I think the... Austin, what you, I want your opinion on this. So I think that... <sighs> The process of sharing these experiences talking about these things even if you know even if like you're not a witch right say you're just like you know normal just you know joe schmo you know whatever you know and you know but you've had an experience like this you've had some sort of connection or experience with the the supernatural the paranormal right and you share that experience and i think more often than not when we do that when we're open with these things i think that that can actually help us or allow us to connect to other people because as soon as we're open about something like this without fail, someone else in the room is like, oh my God, me too. You know, and it might not, obviously it's not gonna be the same story, right? It's, it's their own experience, but, um, but, you know, but then they're telling like, oh yeah, I had this experience with like, something I, the unexplained or supernatural, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think I, I should have pulled some, I should have done some, some usual searches and determined, but if I recall correctly, I think the, like the majority of the people out there when polled are still saying that they do believe in ghosts and the supernatural and that the majority of people have had some sort of personal experience with ghosts or the supernatural. Um, <clears throat> and I don't I don't think that all of our stories kind of are necessarily ghost stories, but um yeah, so I mean, what's your take on that Austin? Do you think that there is some sort of like um like it's almost like like this is is in, in kind of an odd way like a community building kind of a thing to do, right? Like we can find our people, right?
0: Yes. I I believe wholeheartedly that everyone in their life, has had an experience that is either unexplainable, could be considered supernatural, or paranormal. And for those people who are like, oh, well, I haven't, probably have, probably was when you were a kid and you just don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that does happen quite a bit. For those of you listening to tonight's podcast, I might be a little bit more quiet. I just finished, I think, like three or four hours of teaching voice lessons, so I'm a little... Ooh, <clears throat> My voice is a little tired, so um, I'm excited because after we read these stories, we're going to share how we would approach these things, like witches, mm-hmm. to either bring a resolution to figure out what's going
1: on, or what have you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. I think because I think would you would you say Austin that as Magical practitioners, not necessarily witches, because there are lots of different types of magical practitioners out there that work with and connect with spirits, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But would you say or would you agree that... um, That kind of work is something, and and connecting with those energies in a somewhat consistent way, is something that is definitely going to change your perspective on these kinds of experiences. Yes, most definitely. Okay, yeah, and that's really, again, kind of, as you were saying, that's what we want to talk about tonight, I guess. We want to kind of piece these things apart and really discuss a bit more, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, how we would interpret these experiences uh which is in no way meant to diminish the experiences of the people who shared these stories these are these are absolutely their experiences and they're valid completely um but in looking at this as maybe someone that would be more um not more but someone that would have maybe a bit more experience with spirit communication etc the occult you know um yeah anyway i'll quit rambling all right let's let's dive in oh really quickly okay so again these are not our stories i'm gonna i'm gonna read these as best I can. Um, if for some reason I screw up a name or, you know, it's like, please, please forgive me. All right. right, I'm I'll do my best. All right. I will also <clears> read <throat> one if you would like. You will what? I will also read one if you would like. Okay. if you can, I'm a very good reader. Okay. If you can do that from my screen over here. Yes, I can. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to begin with a story from listener Christian. And <gasps> we like Christian. Christian is, is I think. Um, the Christian. Yes. The. Yeah, you're right. The Christian not oh wait that sounds weird because he's he's not a christian but he anyway story from christian (laughs) okay so all right here we go growing up in west roy utah was boring what my brother and i had to take the bus to school as kids and i couldn't wait to get my own car to drive to school and not have to wait in the freezing cold for mr yoshimira to pick us up sometimes he was very late it was a small bus that was old, and every time we could stop, it seemed the damn bus would grunt and sputter just to get, uh, just to get going again. Excuse me. One morning in 1988, Kristen was 11 at the time; their brother Brandon was 10. Uh, The two of them made the obligatory stop at the train tracks, even though, um, excuse me, I'm so sorry, I'm already screening this up. The bus made the obligatory stop at the train tracks, even though there was no train, and the arms barring the tracks were up. It's just what the bus driver did. The bus on that day did not start up again. Mr. Yoshimura also had not stopped in front of the tracks, but for some reason had stalled before throttling the bus forward right onto the tracks. Brandon and I had a clear view of the horizon of the train tracks. No train. The bus driver continued to try and get the bus moving, but eventually left the bus to work on it. So he steps outside. The bus driver steps outside the bus, leaves kids on the bus to see if uh he can figure out what's going on in the middle of
0: the train tracks
1: um that's what it's sounding like yes um let's see so that's when christian heard a few of his friends start shouting a train was coming we tried the emergency exit on the bus but the bus was old and it wouldn't budge the the rear exit the emergency exit would not budge it would not open Mr. Yoshimura had left the door open at the front and Brandon and I and some of our friends got out but not everyone some of the kids stayed on the bus was those kids that are like you know like I gotta follow the rules right Probably. like no one told me I could get off the bus and so that means now I guess I'm gonna die because the train's gonna hit the bus right because I can't think for myself <clears throat> no sense of uh, no sense of sense of self-preservation I guess in some of these children um, the train hit the bus and killed the rest of the kids on the bus It was horrible. And for the next several years, uh, Christian and his brother would either walk to school or they would have their parents drive them. So the day came and Christian was bequeathed his mother's boyfriends, pale yellow, third generation boy, all these descriptors, pale yellow, third generation Toronado. It was 1994. And Christian could now smoke cloves in the car with the windows down with his friends who didn't have a car. They would all listen to Susie and the Banshees at full blast. That's what you do, right? If you're smoking a clove cigarette, obviously you have to listen to Susie and the Banshees. Right? It was the night of junior prom, and Christian was taking April Elwood from Hooper, Utah, along with Aaron and her date, Corey and Olivia, and his brother Brandon. The friends in my car were sort of bonded by trauma. Everyone in that yellow Toronado had escaped the train crash years ago, and it had brought them together. Like trauma does, right? Mm -hmm. They all took a breath of hesitation at the sight of the train tracks. So they had to cross these train tracks to get to where they were going. At that time, the only fast way to get to the high school for their junior prom. And then it happened. Halfway over the tracks, the damn car went dead. No lights. No music. And, as fate would have it, the arms came down and it hit the top of his cherished pale yellow Toronado. No! It was a two-door, and only he and April would have been able to get safely out before the train ripped the car in half. April opened her door, and Christian was trying to get everyone in the cramped back seat to come forward as April leapt to safety. Or safety excuse me, safety. Suddenly, the car lurched forward out of harm's way as the train lights blinded Christian. Everyone was crying with fright and relief. All right, get that adrenaline going, right? Hugging each other and saying silent prayers to whatever God was out there. Brandon circled the car to make sure nothing else had been hit when he heard Brandon shout, Holy fuck. Holy fuck! We gathered around with Brandon pointing to, and Christian swears the hair on the back of his neck stood up straight. What looked like several pairs of tiny handprints on the back of the car. Handprints the size of children's hands. These handprints appeared almost like, like steam, like there was like heat coming off of these little hands on the chrome bumper of the car, the okay. rear of the car. So hold on one sec. Okay. So Christian says this didn't Obviously this really didn't happen. There were no children out that night running around on the train tracks, right? To help them push this car off the off the tracks, right? Um let's see. Ah, okay. Ah, Christian put a put a, a little disclaimer in the bottom. He pulled a fast one on us. So he said, So this actually is more of an urban legend from the area that I guess he grew up in. I haven't heard this one before, actually. this I'm, I'm pretty up on urban legends. I was, I not I, I was wondering before. why it sounded familiar. Um, oh, have you heard this one? Maybe this is a northern Utah thing. Um, anyway, but uh, but he says that he personalized this one. And it's not really a very scary story, but it is a ghost story, where spirits did intervene or are believed to have intervened with the lives and the fates of the human pe- beings in, those, in that car. Mm-hmm. So... And yes, Christian, when you listen to this episode, yes, we did enjoy the story. Sneaky, sneaky, buddy. You had me go in here. I was like, oh, this cool thing happened to Christian. Ah, uh, God. Deceiver. Um, anyway, so, all right. So this this is an urban legend, right? And we know, we know. Let's talk about urban legends maybe for a bit. So urban legends, we understand, are stories that kind of get passed along, sometimes for generations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and... A lot of the time, I think that these urban legends, they become very, uh, you know, they become very dramatized, very fictionalized, right? Like, it's kind of like as the story gets told again and again, you know, it becomes a bigger, better, fancier kind of a thing, right? More outlandish, more wild. You know, it's kind of like the telephone game, right? Um, but I think that most folklorists would agree that urban legends almost always have, like, they always begin with, like, a grain of truth. There's mm-hmm. always something to that story, so, let's, with that in mind, even though this isn't something that happened to Christian personally, let's talk about this this a little bit, this experience. So, Austin, I want to, I want your take on this. The spirits of Christ, uh, Christian, excuse me, spirits of children, based on this story, were still to be found mm-hmm. along those tracks, right? why Why would spirits maybe particularly these spirits, why would these spirits maybe have still been found in that physical area?
0: There are a couple of reasons. Um, without actually connecting those spirits, you wouldn't really 100% know. But the, yeah. but, the, but the reasons are one, they are that's the last place they remember being alive. Okay. And so that's where their spirit has clung to. Um, two, the more morbid um, would be that there is still some remaining something there of those children. So, you know, if, if those children were in a bus and they got hit, maybe there's still some dried blood or maybe something like
1: that. Okay. Some sort of tag lock that is in that area. Okay. Well, I mean, this was, admittedly, based on the story, this was something like, like the, the time frame here between mm-hmm. when bus was hit and when future accident in the Toronado was avoided. There mm-hmm. were, like, several years that passed here. Mm-hmm. so biological evidence of the, the the train track that happened years earlier probably still wouldn't have been likely
0: um, most likely but you know if blood touches iron or steel or metal mm-hmm. usually it kind of solidifies okay. yeah. there, right okay. yeah. on a magical level which is why when you get iron or steel you want to blood it so that yeah. way what you do works and th- that energy stays yeah. um um the third would be something more along like the, uh, like the what is it called, the stone tape theory? Yeah, yeah, so like stone tape theory. Yeah, the yeah. stone tape theory, where it was such a traumatic event that happened there, because it was, mm-hmm. um, that that energy was absorbed by the surrounding natural elements, like, like the quartz and the rock, because yeah. there's always going to be rock around yeah. um, train well, tracks. Well, quartz
1: is excellent for... Storing energy in, exactly in, in memory, yeah, exactly.
0: And so it, so 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 there are a few things that could have happened there. Also, it was a traumatic event, and traumatic event events leave imprints. Yeah, that's just, that's just a thing.
1: So in this situation, and we're gonna switch over, maybe click over a bit from say like which to say maybe, uh, paranormal investigator here a bit, okay? Because I want I want your, your take on this, okay? So in this situation, you mentioned like stone tape. Mm -hmm. theory right which is something that pops up but for those of you who are listening basically the concept of stone tape is really basically what austin just explained the idea that memory and uh events or i should say i guess a memory of events gets held in a particular place by very specific combinations of physical components of that space Mm -hmm. right so in looking at this particular situation again and entertaining this, this this urban legend okay this story It would be it would make sense to me that this with the way that this this played out this would not or probably could not have been stone tape phenomena or memory or recall of a traumatic event because you have the very physical tangible interaction of spirits usually if spirits and this is where I want your take usually if spirits are interacting with us in the way that they are able to physically alter the space in the same way that a living person would to look at that has to be an intelligent kind of a spirit like mm. that has to be an intelligent kind of a haunting situation you know where if it's just a memory i mean you might still see or, or get some sort of experience but usually stone tape kind of phenomena, it's like it's not going to change it's not going to be something that's going to adjust or modify to current kinds of circumstances right because mm-hmm. it basically it's just, it just replays the same thing over and over and over again yeah right because that's the whole purpose of the stone tape right is it just it's like replaying a tape right yeah. it's just the same thing over right so in this situation because there was something a bit different that happened mm-hmm. right it would seem to me like that this would in this example this would be an indication of an intelligent haunting right the spirits of these children are still you know running around on those train tracks in that area right yes Okay. All right. So you would agree? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So now clicking back over into, into which mode here? So in an experience like this, what would you, what would you suggest say to someone? You know, say the original person who had this experience. You know, before it became urban legend, right? You know, say that person. You know, walked away from this. Obviously, very you know, shooketh. You know, and uh, you know, and they. You know, they they wandered into a shop like ours, or sought out some sort of practitioner like us. You know, and they were like, well, "What do I do?" Right? What would you What would you suggest to people about like, you know, maybe going back to that site and doing something, maybe to <sighs> I don't know. I, I would I would assume maybe to, to bring the spirits of those children, maybe some sort of peace.
0: Well, my first initial reaction is, why would you want to get rid of those spirits? They did something helpful there.
1: Oh well, no, absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but.
0: Second, who's to say that they that those spirits didn't cause the car to die as a form of a practical joke? Oh, and then decided at the last minute, ha-ha, never mind. And was like, ha-ha, ha, you know, because ah, okay. that's a thing. Um, and who's to say that these were actually spirit of, spirits of children, not elemental or land spirits that took on the form i was wondering if you're going to
1: bring up genus loci because because an area like that would be full or would be surrounded by those spirits um on
0: top of that there's other spirits that that are around there as well um other than genus loci because if it's a train there's a lot of movement along that track yeah right and there is a current of energy there Yeah. so for all we know those spirits could have just been like a one and done thing there at one point Mm. they were just there yeah and then the, the next time the train goes by, the boop, it's gone. Mm. Next, on to their next adventure, you know. Yeah. So there are so mm. many things that are there. But assuming that these are um, children spirits, mm-hmm. I would I would do some sort of vigil for them
1: around okay. that area.
0: Okay. I would go. I'd probably get um, probably like four yeah probably like four novenas four four white novenas okay so
1: like a like a, a jar candle mm-hmm. okay all
0: right. and I would load those with herbs and oils that would be associated with bringing peace to those things mm-hmm. so I'd add some um, hyssop to help break up any of the energy that they may be carrying I would add some lavender to bring peace to that situation mm-hmm. um, I would add some mugwort just to help open up that that line of communication and that line of like movement from one room to the next. Okay. And then an oil I'd probably add would be, I'm just going to go with herbs, um, olive oil, a little bit of olive oil. Okay. Okay. Just because olive oil helps with that. Um, and then I would set, set those on either side of the tracks and light those and I would I'd open the space up and basically say, hey, thank you so much for, for getting us out of here. I want to show you how thankful I am. Um, if there's any any way that I can help you, let me know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they communicate. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do that, then I would just probably give some offerings and say, thank you so much. May you be at peace. Yeah. May this light guide you to where you need to be. Yeah. And then I'd probably have a couple people do that with me. So f- mm-hmm. three other people.
1: Okay. And then we would take the candles and walk off in different directions, allowing those spirits to follow those lights. To- we to go. Okay, all right. You you mentioned something at the beginning of that, though, that I thought was really interesting, and I wonder if this is, or I've always wondered if this is why the uh, what would you call it, the uh, just the energy, the the visuals, the you know, just just the just the just trains and mm-hmm. train tracks. They seem to be these seem to be things that pop up. consistently in old ghost stories maybe not more contemporary ghosts but older ghost stories right because we all know that you know in this day and age really trains basically primarily are used for freight right Mm -hmm. um but you know but back in the day when i think it was more common to see trains you know working to transport people you know across uh you know the continent um you see a lot of stories i think that feature you know like trains train tracks these kinds of things and you talked a lot in there about all the movement along something like train tracks right the movement uh the energy Mm -hmm. the motion you know and what 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 would you say around the idea that something like train tracks because of all of the energy one that goes into them Mm -hmm. and if we look at the history right at least some of the original like some of the very first the oldest tracks we know that in the process of constructing those things a lot of people died yeah there were a lot of immigrants, slave labor. There were a lot of people that died. There was a lot of blood that went into the ground mm-hmm. along with the metal for in building those tracks. Mm-hmm. And all of that is going to be charge and energy. And then beyond that, you have this consistent motion, this enormous machine running back and forth along those tracks. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's also electricity
0: um, running along those tracks, too.
1: So um, uh, and now, yes, absolutely. Well, and magnetism back then. Uh, uh, right? Right. Um, well, steam. Like, steam, yeah. okay, steam, yeah. So not magnetism necessarily. For but mag- magnetism ma- magnetism okay. is um, is going to kind of lead me to where I'm going with this, though, with all that rambling again. Um, wh- wh- which, what would your opinion be, or what's your take on the idea, or the concept that, that railroad tracks are, in essence, man-made ley lines? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, particularly if there is blood on them. Okay.
1: Uh, okay. And I'm Sure, with you know, if their tracks are a lot... are we talking like what kind of what are we talking about with blood here? What are we what are we what are we going at here? Like, like you're talking like ritual sacrifice? No, I'm talking um, about like what you were talking about before when they were built. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, I mean, the, the likelihood is that the, the original components, and even to be honest, many of the original railways that have have probably all either been abandoned or, or taken, you know, mm-hmm. d- destroyed, right? Because but, new new routes are created all the time, mm-hmm. but
0: but yes, the 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 they would be man made ley lines mm-hmm.
1: because with that motion and consistent form of energy it picks up a charge. Okay. And ley lines are really in essence kind of like very uh, I would say very both both naturally and and man-made like mm-hmm. you know regardless um na- lay lines are are really fairly powerful conduits for spiritual mm-hmm. energy like like you want to talk about I always kind of describe it to people as like a ley line is in essence um at least in the context of ghosts and that kind of activity a ley line is basically in essence just Kind of like a like a corridor, like a hallway. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. These spirits will use these things absolutely. And why not? There's lots of energy there. Almost definitely. And on top of that, there's an natural flow to yeah. it. Um, yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, I liked your solution to that. I, you know, what I, would you do? I, I also want to say, you know, I'm going to be honest with this particular situation. I I don't know that I would do anything. I think that depending on how I felt after this particular moment, uh, in this experience, I think that I would in future, uh, probably try to avoid crossing those tracks in that particular space. Okay. Um, you know, and I say that mainly, um, and I just want to be clear, this is this is not necessarily, this is not a fear response, it's not that there would be fear there, but I don't know, given the circumstances, that going back to that space, that trying to communicate or establish connection with those spirits, I don't know how productive that would really be. Mm-hmm. One. Um, two, I'm also one of these people that is has always kind of been of the opinion that it's not my place to try to move spirits on. Agreed. You know, and so I, I don't know that I would really do anything i think I, I think i would probably warn people like if i had people i like, cared about i'd be like, be like you know maybe you know maybe maybe don't worry about take 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 the long route through town you know don't worry about the the shortcut on the train tracks right mm-hmm. you know um yeah all right well shall we move on to another story yeah all right okay so we actually have a few it looks like um so our next few were submitted by randy randy thank you so much for sharing some stories and these all look like they're, they're really fairly brief um so we'll go through we'll go through these. In um, Austin, I'll uh, I'll tag team these with you. You can can read one of I have these. To get up and get close. Yes, I was going to say you're you're going to have difficult time reading this. This uh, font I've got this one is a very tiny, teeny tiny font. Do you want to read the first one or do you want to wait and do the last two? I'll read the first one. Okay. Okay. do All right. He's moving the mic, everybody. Okay. So uh,
0: the next few. Stories are from our listener, Randy. So, thank you, Randy. I'm going to read the first one, and then we'll stop and we'll analyze and we'll go from there. Okay?
1: Sounds good. Okay.
0: The first story was when I was maybe six. My mother and I had just moved into her new partner's home. She lives in a trailer, and the room I was supposed to sleep in was at one end, and their bedroom was at the opposite end. At night, I would frequently sneak out to the living room, which was in the middle of the trailer to be close to my mother. Oftentimes, her partner would chase me back to my room. One night, I heard footsteps and thought it was her. So I quickly ran back up the hallway, jumped in my bed and pulled the covers over my head. After a minute of hearing nothing, I pulled down the covers and standing at the foot of my bed was a dark figure kneeling down with bright red glowing eyes just looking at me. I pulled the covers over my head and just lay there quiet and scared until I fell asleep. No one believed me, and of course, I never saw it again. So what's your take on that, Mike? Um,
1: well, you know, when this when this story came through, I actually um, was... Basically, I, I took this particular story as an opportunity to kind of talk to or address this on some of our social media feeds, uh, because we see a very... Uh, I want to say like a classic experience here right very there, there are, are many many people out there who have had experiences with shadow figures, and that's really in essence that's what this is right this is a, a shadow person and um and I, I'm gonna say that there there are really to be honest a spectrum of different spirits that can appear to us in this way right um it doesn't really matter I think to be honest, that most of the time they're harmless. It doesn't really matter, I think, to most people, particularly a child, that these are not really spirits that intend to bring us any kind of real trouble, right? In the moment, this shit is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Right? To, to look up, I think even as an adult person, to look up and have a, a dark, shadowy figure with glowing red eyes looking down at you in your bed, you're going to probably shit your pants. Well, shit your bed, I guess, right? Um, well, we'll hope not. Um, anyway, so I think that um this is to be honest th- this is an example of spirits that pass through you know it's odd when you, when it's odd i think to people for people to hear this but those of us who work with these kinds of spiritual energies regularly and particularly particularly those of us who are also sensitive in other ways those of us who work maybe as mediums right we have the ability to see these things so these these kinds of spirits um not always shadow people but but sometimes these kinds of spirits they are always around us mm-hmm. we are always surrounded by these things and i think in very rare experiences in very rare situations i think that everybody has a moment for a number of reasons where all of a sudden the energies if you want to call it a barrier a veil whatever you want to call it but this, the energies that prevent most of us from being able to see and interact with these things regularly that barrier some, for some reason it drops it goes away and in that moment not only do we potentially see and become drawn to these spirits but they do the same for us I think one of the reasons why shadow figures in particular pop up so commonly for people is that these are spirits that always seem to be very interested in what we are doing mhm Right, um, because we're interesting creatures, right? Like humans, we do all kinds of insane nonsense, particularly from the perspective of a spirit, right? Our sleeping and our eating mm-hmm. and our and our bathing and all the things that we have to do with mm-hmm. our mortal little bodies, right? That's all some pretty fascinating shit for spirits. Mm-hmm. So. I think it, my, my take on this, to be honest, and you know, and, and this is just, you know, spitballing, right? Because who the hell knows, right? I can't talk for this spirit, but most of these experiences really, I think, really come down to that. It's a moment, a situation where things just line up in the right way and you and this spirit were in the right place at the right time to, to see each other, to notice each other. Um, yeah. And again, I want to clarify, even though spirits like this can sometimes look scary, that, that does not necessarily mean that they are, are evil. They are not bad spirits. These are not always necessarily bad signs, though I totally get the fear. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting experience, and I I think there are enough resources and enough experiences like this out there. I mean, my God, you could probably focus entirely on shadow person phenomenon. Like that could be like a total uh, you know uh, what would be what am I trying to say? That could be a total focus for for practice and education right there because these are very common. So, I don't know. what What's your feeling on this? What do you think was, was maybe going on here? Most definitely a shadow figure. But I will say this. Um, I find
0: that trailer parks... Um, assuming that this was in a trailer park. But because she does state um, she lives in a trailer. Yeah. Um, and so, assuming this is a trailer park, I will say that those types of uh, dwelling spaces,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> uh, living areas always seem to have such an interesting energy most of the time because the land there still feels almost wild yeah because because it's like okay here's a trailer boop i mean there's some more things that that go into that obviously
1: you know plumbing sewage stuff like that well oh, yeah i mean the, i mean these are homes yeah you know, they're homes say it's not you know and no way do i want anybody listening to this to think that we are disparaging living in a oh no park. no no um, are you, my, you know, my, these are these are homes but I, I agree with what you're saying though yes well, what i'm saying I've, is i'm I've not saying
0: yeah i'm not saying like like bad things you know mm. but like it's very much like there is a sequestered area mm. of a community where things are smattered all about well, on top of that How many people have lived in that trailer before? Who was the original owner? William is looking around the corner at me.
1: Yeah, William's been very... (laughs) William has been very busy in recent weeks.
0: Um, Very active, I should say. Yes. Um, But... So my grandmother... My mom's mom... Mm -hmm. She... uh, She had a trailer. Yeah. Um, And that trailer park... That trailer court... All had weird energy. And shadow people... Were there a lot? I've noticed that it's just something about those particular areas. I don't know why. They've never told me why. Mm. They just
1: why. Well, so here, here's maybe uh, just to kind of throw something out for you to consider, and I'd like to hear what your thought is on this. Okay, I think that. And I and I agree with you. I want to say, I do agree with you completely. In the the times over the years that I've, um, you know, I've been to visit friends and family members who live in in trailer parks, trailer communities, these kinds of things. You know, they live in in those kinds of homes. In um, going and doing that, I've I've noticed very similar to what you were saying, where there's like and and just this. You say wildness, and would you say that a lot of that really could be because the land in these areas has not really been disturbed by humans in quite to quite the extent that we would maybe see with like homes like 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 permanent physical physical like foundation in the ground kind of homes right like yeah. usually yeah okay okay so all right so that's one thing I wanted. to you know um, second though I've noticed though um, in stepping away from trailer park communities you know if you look at situations where say like apartment complexes or uh, like condos townhomes where you have so many different people So many different people, so many different personalities and schedules. Mm -hmm. Well, and different people doing different things, different beliefs. Exactly. You've got all of these people living, like, basically, like, you know, just a few feet from each other, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I've noticed that areas like that also seem to have a higher incidence of, like, shadow people. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's, I think it's just something to do with just the difference in the energy with all of the...
0: Well... Let's, let's take a look at those types of communities first. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, we have, you know, your neighbor who is um, Roman Catholic.
1: Okay. And then,
0: uh, using apartments as an example, you have your neighbor on your floor to your right who is Roman Catholic, okay. you have your neighbor to your left who is Baptist. You know, you—you're a witch. You're in your—you're—you're th- you're there doing your own thing. You have the person above you, who is not really anything. They're just kind of a wild partier.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: And then the person below you, who is Buddhist. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's a lot of different energies going on. And yeah, while whilst you have the Roman Catholic and the the Baptist, which are both Christians. There's still very differing beliefs, very differing ways of of worship. Mm -hmm. You have the person above you who's just loud, and that tracks things. You have you who has all of your spirits and everything going on, and then you have the person below you who is a Buddhist. Okay,
1: yeah.
0: It's a conglomeration of different energies and different spirits. And sometimes those spirits don't get along. And more often than not when spirits present themselves to us and we are not familiar with them we don't know who they are sometimes I've noticed that those spirits are just they, they present themselves as shadow people they present themselves in shadow yeah so in a trailer community or a trailer park uh trailer court you have a lot of the same thing it's just on a grander scale because you have actual yards where people will be putting up yeah, yeah. things mm-hmm. and yes yeah, so it's, it's, it's very interesting Okay. I, I thought I was just crazy.
1: You thought you were just crazy. I thought I
0: was just crazy because uh-huh. I never, I, I, I never really told anyone. Like, yeah, this community thing, this trailer park thing, has this kind of energy. Okay. I was just like, I guess I'm just odd. Well, I, I which I, I am odd.
1: I think you're crazy and odd. So, um, you know, so no, no worries there. It's it's still applicable. Um, all right.
0: So, but how would this situation, how would you, if someone came in and get, said this to your child, said this was happening to your, ch- to their child, yeah. how would you handle this as a
1: witch? Well, I think the first thing, I think, even though we always want to go right to the, uh, say, the, the spirit in this situation, you know, right, it would, it would make sense to most people, like, oh, hey, you know, well, obviously, you know, we, do, we need to focus on the shadow person here. Instead, and to anybody listening, if you ever find yourself in that situation, instead of doing that, really, there are two things that you need to look at you need to look at the living people in that space mm-hmm. because they're the ones who are attracting that spirit. Mm-hmm. That energy is only there because of the living people, more often than not, particularly when you're dealing with shadow people. Um, okay, And in focusing on the living people in that space, specifically the child... Is having these experiences. You need to look to that child first. Okay. Beyond that, you also you do need to consider the actual physical space itself. You know. And as a witch, if I were really going to do my due diligence on a situation like this, I would probably say like I need to come to your house. I need to come to your house. I need to be in there. I need to see. I need to feel the land. I need to be in the space. I need to to one not only feel the energy, but one I need to come in and I need to see how the hell do you have like even something as simple as your furniture arranged Mm -hmm. like how is and I'm not talking feng shui shit you know I'm not talking that stuff okay I'm talking like like what is the energy in the home like how does it move you know how does the energy in the house move you know like have you created like a weird um, like like corridor of some kind through your home with the way that you've Decorated, you know, do you have odd things in your home maybe that have some sort of occult significance, right? Not that that stuff necessarily attracts these energies, but that would probably tell me that the living people in the house maybe were more likely to attract these mm-hmm. energies. You know, um, You know, and so you need to, to explore those pieces, right? Beyond that, we always know that children are always going to be a magnet, more so than adult people. Children are always going to be a magnet for spiritual energy. Uh, they're just children, uh, when you look at the realm of, Just, just the energy. Most children are on like their full blast, yeah, all the time, because they, they, that's just where they're at energetically on a spiritual level, Um, and so, and these spirits notice that shit, yeah. And and when I say notice it, I don't mean in a bad way. It's not like they're there to try to harm anybody. But you know, who doesn't look at a bright light in the night sky, right? Yeah. You know, and so, um, so that that would be, I think, where I would begin in this particular situation, I want to say you're, you were probably dealing with a child who, a child is Randy in this situation. The, the person who mm-hmm. submitted the story, we're dealing with a child who I I want to say without a doubt was probably sensitive. Um, and that's, that's adds a whole nother dimension to this, right? Because you've got some kids and I, I'm kind of of the opinion, I don't know. I'd like to hear your opinion on this Austin because we're neither of us are parents, but we've, We spend a lot of time around children, you know, and we have a lot of family who have children, right? So Mm -hmm. we've had, you know, the opportunity to kind of see this in action. Um, But um, I think I think most children, at least up until about the age of seven or eight, are really, to be honest, fairly intuitive, fairly connected, fairly sensitive. Mm -hmm. But I know that within that group, there are going to be. Kids that are like they are just totally wide open. You're gonna have kids who, you know, even though everyone else is sensitive, there are gonna be those select few who are like they're dialed up to 11. Yeah, right. And so, and I think that's probably what's happening in this particular situation. I think you've got a child here who is already very open and very sensitive, and this is one of the reasons why they had this experience it's highly likely and based on how not this particular story but these kinds of situations how they usually go about you know and you and i both you and i both we go to people's homes Mm -hmm. we we communicate with spirits right particularly when they're having problems with spirits right and if things are really bad we will even do a full clearing on that home for Mm -hmm. them we will we will remove those spirits um but in each of those situations through the course of a little bit of investigation and conversation it seems like these shadow figures, like in this instance here, that shadow person, that shadow figure, was probably a spirit that was in that house for probably a long time.
0: Well, it was probably on the land before.
1: Probably. And it was just in that particular moment that that child's intuition, that child's ability to psychically see, for some reason was like, boom, I'm, I'm really open right now, mm-hmm. and there was that spirit.
0: Well, well, notice that they saw this when they were already nervous
1: or anxious about being caught Mm -hmm. by their mother's partner yeah so you've got that emotion in there as well right Mm -hmm. and emotion is such a powerful energy such a powerful spiritual energy yeah okay all right okay next story are we moving on already okay all right okay all right
0: okay next this is still randy Mm -hmm. i gotta check and make sure that the things didn't do the things again the things didn't
1: do the things yes we had a minor technical error earlier and hopefully uh Hopefully the episode has flowed smoothly since. I'm
0: sure it has. Next was around the same age. My aunt had a cabin she lived in, uh, and it was in the Backwoods area, along the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania. Ooh,
1: very haunted place. Yes.
0: Whenever my cousins and I would stay the night, odd things would happen. You could walk ten feet into the woods and somehow become lost. I once tried to follow my older cousins down to the creek to play. Somehow totally missed them and I wandered around for several hours until dusk when I was able to find my way back. My aunt was an alcoholic and we weren't very well looked after, obviously. I was notably never scared. It didn't feel uh, I was alone despite seeing nothing. My one cousin would also build what she called fairy rings, quotes, outside the cabin with river stones. At night, we would hear thumps and running on the roof but, I just accepted it as it was, and not really rem- remarked on anything. Okay. okay. So that to me, so you you already have Appalachian Trail.
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say yeah. The already huge qualifier already, for, for paranormal uh, activity. I mean, there's a
0: reason you don't whistle at night in the Appalachians. There's a reason you close your 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 windows and your drapes and your blinds. Some, at some night.
1: people might not know that. Why don't you whistle at night in the Appalachians, Austin?
0: You don't whistle at night uh, 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 in the Appalachians because Something might whistle back. Okay. Yeah. And that something is
1: never a good thing. Um. Yes. As, as the superstitions would tell us, yes. You usually do not want a spirit to whistle back at you in that area.
0: Yes, world. because it's that cool. means they've taken notice of you. And it's dark. And in the Appalachians, when it's dark, it's dark. Mm-hmm. It is... Whew, it is dark. I mean, all those woods and everything around there. Um, my... Uh, my... mamma, my great-grandmother... Uh, on my father's side, lived in the Appalachians. And I have very distinct memories of staying there with my mama, And as soon as it started getting dusk, my mama went around, she's closing the blinds, closing the things, locking the doors. And I always asked her like, well, Mama, I want to go outside. I want to go play. And she's like, no, you don't. There are things and spirits in the woods that would love to have a little boy like you. Okay. And it terrified the ever-living
1: well, I'm sure that was, out of me. Well, <laughs> I'm sure that was, that, was, that was part of it, right? It was like, you know, like um, she, she wants to scare you a bit because she wants you to stay the hell out of the woods. Because mm-hmm. there's well, other shit out there that could hurt you. Well,
0: and my great-grandmother's house was on top of this hill, surrounded by woods. Okay. Just absolutely surrounded and encompassed. And I remember that was where I first started learning Conjure. Was there and why I still will not whistle at night outside in desolate areas like that, or or not desolate but like closed off areas in the city, eh. dark roads where no living peat things are around. Nope, not gonna happen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, so what that sounds like to me, Randy, what you're experiencing was just some of those spirits that are there. Now, you your sister did build. Uh, fairy rings, right? And it could have been some of those land spirits that had decided to just kind of like pop up and say hi. Mm -hmm. But one very interesting thing that you did say is that your aunt was an alcoholic and addicts, alcoholics, and individuals like this attract energies. They attract negative, parasitic energies. You throw that in with living basically in the woods in the Appalachians in Pennsylvania, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you have a whole just soup, a whole stew of paranormal activity of 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 mean spirits because they're mean. The, the the spirits in the Appalachians are mean.
1: They, are they are they mean?
0: They're mean. They're not misunderstood. They don't need love sent to them. They're wild spirits. Okay. They are wild spirits that are predators. And There's a reason your neighbors live very far away. It's because once you have set up home in that place, it is your job as the person there to make peace with those spirits and let them know, this is my spot. This is my place. You stay out here. I stay in here. I will take care of this land. You will leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. And disturbing any more than that equals disturbed spirits. There they, they are primal at best.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean I agree with you completely, yeah. Yeah. Alright. Okay, so you've got the the area, you've got the genus loci. Alright, you've got some focus here on once again, uh a child, right? Mm-hmm. The energy of that, right? Of the child moving through that space, right? So, this is this is a little bit different because we don't really, I guess, have a within the woods at least. Like we don't really have like a like a, an indication of a sighting or anything with this story. But there's that feeling, you know? How would you how would you explain that? Not not you know turning away from just the Appalachians because we've actually we've talked about this on a prior episode of the podcast. Mm-hmm. About how very often, and I think a lot of people have a have a story like this. We find ourselves maybe out in a wild place, you know, and say like we're you're alone. Being watched. It's like maybe like twilight kind of time. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're even at night, right? It mm-hmm. really depends. It could be any time of day because this shit happens all the time. But um, and yeah, and there's definitely that feeling like I'm being watched. Mm-hmm. And so, what would you say? More often than not, do you do you feel that would actually have a bit more to do with the nature spirits, the genus loci of the area, or yes. are we actually dealing with so? Yes, okay, yes. all right, okay, all right, nature
0: spirit in the Appalachians folk
1: Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. all right, okay. Um, Which is scary. One of the other things that I thought was really interesting about this story is the um, the, the telling of the um, thumping and running on the roof mm-hmm. of, the, of the house, and that's something else that you also see as a really common or a very shared kind of thing, particularly when you look at stories of uh, ghost phenomena throughout Appalachia. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to be a common thing, and I think that there are, again, different different tellings of what that is right mm-hmm. a lot of it is like okay yeah like you caught the notice of the hill people, hill folk mm-hmm. you know the spirits you know yeah i mean there's just a lot going on there
0: the way my mama explained it uh because that happened in my in, in my great-grandma's house as well okay um and my great-grandmother's house was painted haint blue mm-hmm. um was that it was the haints and the hags that were trying to get in but couldn't okay um or in some other tellings and other times it was our spirits chasing
1: something away our spirits sorry you did like like a weird affectation there sorry our spirits do chasing something away okay no you're good i was like i was like are you you're you're slipping into the the appalachian here
0: i yeah Um, sorry it's what happens okay okay all right um there's also the stories of other appalachian folk uh
1: sending hags oh yeah yeah you piss off a puff off a uh you know a practitioner from that area that culture Oh yeah, well, hear stories of like like the Boo Hag and other things like mm-hmm. that from different cult- cultures. And I mean, in that area, not only do you have like the Granny Witches mm-hmm. with you know like their old world like old European craft, but mm-hmm. you also have like uh, Gula communities there. Yeah, like you had a whole melting, a whole bunch of different yep. practitioners. There, lots of different kinds of spirits being mm-hmm. called, they, called.
0: And them. if you're friendly with each other, then mm-hmm. you're sharing information, you're sharing recipes, you're sharing works, mm-hmm. you're sharing tricks. Yeah. However. If you are not friendly with each
1: other... Did I say Gulagichi? Were the Gulagichi in that area? I'm thinking of the... Is it the I'm thinking of the Melludgeon community. That's what You're I'm thinking. You're
0: thinking of yeah. The Gulagichi okay. are... Uh, okay. And, and the Boo Hag is actually more Gulagichi than it yeah, is Appalachian. Yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was getting, I was getting my... Um, I was getting a couple of crossed lines there, crossed wires. There. Well, a
0: lot of those, a lot of those traditions, a lot of those beliefs actually do cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gola Geechee, though, are like actual, uh, like they—they they are black people from a particular, yeah. uh, like the Gola yeah. area. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, so that sounds like some of the stuff that could have happened. Okay. Um, normally, if that were happening, my mama would just say, "We just have to sit and wait." Okay. Like you just got to be quiet. It'll yeah. pass. Yeah um she also would say that the fireflies were our ancestors protecting us ah okay their light would burn the evil from their sight
1: okay i'm very curious and this is going to be like a quick aside but since we're talking about this right now so based on the information that you got from your mother because i've heard or your grandmother excuse me your your mamma Um, Because I've heard people from that area of the world with ties to these spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. I've heard two different takes on this. Okay. So, the cicada. Okay. Okay, so your mama's practice and belief in hers, was the cicada a good omen or a bad omen? The cicada was a good
0: omen unless it stopped singing. Okay. If those cicadas stopped singing, something bad was coming. Ah, okay. All right okay but also depends that also depends because you can believe both um if we were in a place where cicada were native Mm -hmm. where we knew there was a lot of cicada yeah we knew they were going to be there yeah so obviously they're going to be singing you know for as much as people think that 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 appalachian uh conjure root worker hoodoo practitioners are uneducated and don't think about the mundane things we actually do yeah which is why our magic works so well and why our conjure works so well is because we combine both magic and mundane Mm -hmm. um so in my mama's area of the world when the cicadas were singing that's normal night when Mm -hmm. they stopped uh something was coming Ah, okay like it it was very much a be on the lookout something is happening okay um, Batten down your hatches, light your candles, and get your psalms out. Gotcha. All right. Um, now, if we were, let's say, here where cicadas are not. Yeah, well, yeah we don't get those here. We don't get cicadas. Thank God. Um, if you heard cicadas here, mm-hmm. that was bad.
1: Okay, gotcha. That was
0: a warning. Okay. Um, and there was one time we did hear a cicada at, at, at home. Um, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it got here. But my mama heard cicadas. And she was getting out the red brick dust. Everything. She 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 went full balls to the wall. And my dad was just like, "Okay, mom, whatever. You're being crazy." And she went full balls to the wall. And she she locked down our house. Okay. And she made my dad help. She gotcha. made me help too. Okay. So.
1: Okay. All right. Um. So are we both? I guess our consensus here is that this is most likely a situation of genus loci, nature spirit. Yes. Okay, and so again, would there really, in this moment, would there really be anything as witches that we would want to do? Because these spirits really specific develop, they they have they have the right of, of dominion in these S- this space
0: specifically in 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 the Appalachian. No, you yeah. don't do anything. Yeah, you don't mess with you set spirits. you set your wards, you set your boundaries. Mm-hmm. That's it, and they will respect it. They will try and get in, mm-hmm. but you will respect it. There's actually um, when we were on our way to Colorado, Mike and I were listening to the Old Gods of Appalachia. Yeah. Um and there's a story about like the
1: which is a which is a fictional yes. podcast. Yes. Yes, but
0: there was a story about like like a witch and the Appalachians and stuff like that. And that's very much how it is. Like when you lived out there, you had your jars, you had your work up, you had your tricks laid, mm-hmm. that was that. And those spirits would leave you the hell alone. They'd try and get in, but they couldn't. Yeah. So um okay. Next story. Finally, the last year I went trick or treating was with my friends. Their parents picked them up, and I had to walk a few blocks home. When I was just about home, and there was no one around on a completely dark street, I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I looked up and saw a figure at least as big as an adult male, possibly bigger, with wings flying. I couldn't see much detail from my vantage, so it just appeared as a shadowy figure in the sky. This was way before drones, much too big for an animal, and was completely silent. I ran as quietly... As I could back home, I either didn't notice me, it either didn't notice me or didn't care.
1: Okay. Interesting. Mothman. I, I thought Mothman for a quick bit, but I, Mothman's usually uh, more in your face when Mothman appears. Uh, when, when Jersey that, Devil. When that spirit chooses to, well, I mean, depending on the area of the world, right? Or the area of the country, maybe. Um, no, uh, I, this is a very interesting one. And once again, looking at this from the perspective of which magical practitioner and occultist, you know, this is, you know, this is, again, a child. Mm-hmm. Dialed up, psychic ability, right? Sensitive. Um, this is Halloween. They qualified that they were trick-or-treating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know uh, on an energetic level that that Halloween night, you know, that that period of time, roughly, when the sun sets on Halloween, into the following day, we know that window of time is um, very active. Things are very alive Mm -hmm. then. And it's interesting because if you look at that, a lot of people associate Halloween, or when you think of the history of Halloween, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, it all just comes from, like, the UK, right? It's all just based off of, like, old, you know, uh, paganistic practices like, like Samhain, right? But really... Different cultures around the world all have significance or association. They all give that particular time of the year, that evening in particular, those days, um, significance around death mm-hmm. and uh, the other side. You know, we see that in Latin American cultures, we see that in the Mediterranean. You know, um, so it's interesting to me that you've got all of these very different cultures, different eras, different people, obviously, and yet for some reason, all of them have settled on something about this day. Something about this night, like shit gets crazy and the dead are near, Mm -hmm. you know? And so to me, I'm like, okay, this is years and years and years all over the world of direct personal experience that has kind of been brought together to now establish that this is a real thing. Um, And so, you know, but going back to my point there is like, you, you know, that this is a time and night where, yeah, spirits are particularly active. They're going to be particularly active. Um, now, as far as explaining the winged figure, I'm um, being be honest with you. I got nothing. I don't know. There are a number of spirits, once again, out there that can appear. Um, what, would, what would you, what's your take on this, Austin? What, 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 what would you say? Like A lot of these spirits, because they are, a lot of them, they're, they're not human. They've never been human. And uh, they, because of just their their very incorporeal nature, that a lot of these spirits, they they can be shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. And they can assume different forms. You know, that's one of the reasons why I think in a, in a contemporary, at least from the perspective of newer practitioners, you see so much around like, oh, it was a trickster. And it's like, was it a trickster? Or was it the spirit that you thought it was maybe in a slightly different form? Because these are spirits that can change mm-hmm. their forms.
0: Well, so my first thought and intuitive connection here is that it was it was an owl and I, I i know i read like you know as big as an adult male if not bigger but have you ever seen a great horned owl i have they are huge they are massive big as buicks well and when they're flying okay not that big when they're flying they're big they're spread out yeah, they and have they're streamlined a they have a large and wing when span. owls fly they're silent yeah so that's my first reaction.
1: Well, and I guess it's interesting, and this is this is one of these things where where unfortunately we don't really have the benefit of um, you know having Randy here to to mm-hmm. clarify these details. But in reading this story as they've shared it, you know um, that would probably be one thing I would have wanted mm-hmm. to clarify. Like, okay, when you say this was flying, are we talking like? Like, far up into the night sky? Or are we talking like it was just maybe a few feet above ground? Mm-hmm. Or off the ground, you know? Like, well, like what how we, like, far away like, was it yeah, from exactly. you? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, what are we talking about, you know?
0: Well, so, and, um, and on top of that, if we're looking at this, like, how old were you? Were you a kid? Were you a child? Because remember that when, when, when we are scared or we're in that position, um, things sometimes do seem bigger than they actually are. Now, this is not me wanting to discount the story at all. But this is most definitely me... Like that sounds like an owl, however, each story Randy has sent us has all been centered around
1: like very genus loci kind of things. Yeah, that's true because land spirits can appear winged, mm-hmm. and things do. Yeah, that's very true, and so there's a part of me. That's wondering if
0: maybe this is all the same spirit mm-hmm. and it's maybe like a
1: guardian of randy's yeah. that's been following following them around uh that's a very good point actually that could be with with these kinds of significant or consistent experiences you, that is something to was to consider mm-hmm.
0: well particularly yeah. when we're looking at the uh the last story we read where you know, my aunt was alcoholic. We weren't very well looked after. Obviously, I was notably never scared, and I didn't uh, feel I was alone, despite seeing nothing. You know, and it just, you know, we heard bumps and thumps, and I
1: just accepted it. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, we have this: you're walking home alone again. This, yeah, I was. It's funny you qualify that with this the, this last story that Randy shared because I'm in reading this story. I'll be honest with you: the creepiest thing about this story in reading this was. Why the hell did your friend's parents let you walk home alone? My God, what was wrong with these right? people? Like, like, oh, we're gonna pick up our kids and go home. It's okay, little girl. You can walk home by yourself in the middle of the night, right? It's dark. You know, like, what the fuck was wrong with these people? You know, like, I take some. One of these people should have given you a ride home. That was the creepy part. That was the scary part of this story. These people unacceptable. Are, these are these are not good people. These people should not have had children.
0: Unacceptable. Um. Yeah. I don't know. But both those times alone. Um, and things moving quickly so so I don't know Randy maybe you have a spirit that's just kind of maybe that first spirit you had that interaction with in your um, mother's partner's trailer took a liking to you and was like hey I like this kid this kid's gonna be I'm um, gonna watch over this kid and has just kind of followed you around and because it wasn't able to get into your aunt's house it was just like hey yeah. hey hey
1: you know, who knows? Well, and I think in each of these situations, you know, whether it be a shadow person standing at the foot of your bed, whether it be spirits watching you from the trees in the forest near your home, whether it be something, who knows, some spirit flying in the night sky above you on Halloween, right? I, I think the nice thing or the one thing that I noticed that I, and I like about these, these experiences that they that have been shared is that in each of these Um, how to work this each of these makes it very clear in kind of a a roundabout way that none of these spirits was meaning harm right particularly Mm -hmm. I mean like the first story going back to the, the shadow person at the foot of the bed you know if that spirit had wanted to harm you if it was there to really cause you trouble it had you dead bang. Like mm-hmm. you were in a, you were fast asleep. That thing came up on you. Right. Well, in this situation, she wasn't fast asleep. She had run back to her room. You know, but mm-hmm. but she was in her bed, small child. Are Randy's pronouns she her? Hmm?
0: Are Randy's pronouns she
1: her? I believe so. Yes. Okay. Um, you know, and so you know, so but each of these it's spirits in the forest, right? You know, whatever this thing was flying above above her in the night sky on Halloween, right? These are all could all potentially use it could have been moments where these were spirits maybe that could have if they had been malicious spirits they had access to cause harm Mm -hmm. Um, and none of them did this none of them did this and so and so in in going there and and throwing that out there i guess what i'm saying is i like that about these stories because that adds uh it, it makes it very clear that while very often we have these experiences and they can be very scary that more often than not these are not situations that are truly harmful these are not spirits that are harmful you know and that goes back to one of the things that we talk about, about, about a lot as witches is that you know fear is a perfectly normal response mm-hmm. fear is a perfectly healthy primal human response but once that initial fear that initial adrenaline reaction goes away you really do need to look very carefully okay at, at the okay what just happened mm-hmm. what really just happened you know and did I was I harmed in any way by this spirit was I harmed by this experience you know because i would say easily 99.9% of the time the answer is going to be no all right okay
0: so what other stories do we have so
1: we have a few more that were submitted by cats Co- like like a couple at least okay so. so do you want to
0: do you want to read the matriarchs stories yes i think i do be and
1: and just for for clarification these are so cat is uh is my mother um and she is the matriarch of our coven and she is the uh basically the the power that we have within our coven um it really comes down through the matrilineal part of of my family and so my mother is uh just the one of many extremely brilliant and very powerful witches in in my family and i'm very lucky to have come from this bloodline um so yeah anyway so cat stories all right so to clarify cat is um again she's she's 78 years of age now and she's always been extremely sensitive and she actually has a lot of ghost stories. But when we talked about the topic of the podcast, um, we were we all sit in our house. We all sit and we have morning coffee. Um, we were talking about this, and she said, "Well, would you would it be okay if I shared a couple of stories?" And we were like, "Oh, absolutely," because she's got quite a few. And these were, I think, the first two that kind of came to her mind based mm-hmm. on some of the conversation that we were having that morning. Um, so let's dive in. Um the first is when uh these are her words so the first is when i lived in an old house built in the 1930s with what was or who is now her ex-husband the man that she was married to her ex-husband um didn't have any kind of intuition or sense at all no feeling no seeing nothing and honestly didn't really believe in anything supernatural um, not an atheist. I think I, you know, this this was a wasn't stepfather. He a, wasn't he a part of the church? Of um, church? Yeah. So, so this is the weird thing. So, he was, so the, this was a stepfather that I, I had for a couple of years, you know, when I was, um, I think probably like 12, 13. My mother was married to this man. Um, and yes, and he had come out of Christianity and he was one of these, I think, very jaded, like, ex-religious kinds of people mm-hmm. who still secretly deep down had faith in mm-hmm. the religion, but was, um, I think so hurt by some of his experiences that he kind of went like the full on, like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. round. Even though we know beneath that there was a lot going on there. So anyway, and he's so, also a trash person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, hence the ex-husband bit, right? Um, anyway, so he didn't see or feel or believe in anything supernatural. So the house, that we were living in had a man named Ron, a spirit named Ron, who was in his 30s when he died in an accident helping his father build the house the house had several ghosts, but Ron was among the more mischievous (laughs) the house had a a large old metal furnace and Ron would bang on the sides of the furnace at all hours of the day uh, to basically get people's attention With the way that the house was laid out, the washer and dryer were in the basement and Ron would get very close to me as I was down there doing laundry. Um, I would tell him to back off and he would, so it was never really any big concern, no big deal. Um, But within that same space in the basement, because the basement was partially unfinished so there was open space in the basement, I remember this house, and it was a very cool house, my so, husband had hung a punching bag in the basement. We're talking like big, on, like full on, like duffel bag size, like like big punching bag. We're like Rocky Balboa. Uh, basically, yeah, right. like not one of those like little ones that you you punch, like little. you know, but like like full on like body size punching bag. Yeah, uh, because he liked to spar and and box, and he was into martial arts. I remember this dude. Um, but he hung a punching bag in the basement, and my mother was down there one day putting clothes in the washing machine, and Ron was up against her back, so she told Ron. Ron, which, you you know, she told him, basically, she answered or spoke to Ron and said, would you back off? You know, I don't like it when you come up on me like that. She said this, she says, I didn't realize that my husband had followed me down the stairs. And when he heard me say this to Ron, he blew up, he lost his temper, his patience. And he was yelling at me about how I needed to stop playing and pretending that there were ghosts because there were no such thing. And he was really going off on me, really getting angry with me. As he was standing with his back to his punching bag, it started to swing, but it wasn't swinging back and forth. It was swinging around in a circular motion clockwise. And as he was yelling at me, the punching bag started to swing in wider and wider circles. He finally heard the click of the chain on the punching bag and turned around while still yelling to see that the punching bag was Basically, now like fully spinning from where it was hung. Um, He uh, when he saw this. I'm sorry. When he when her ex husband when my ex husband saw this, I said to him, "Ron doesn't like what you're saying and the way that you've been acting." And as I said these the the, word said these words, the color drained from his face, and he immediately ran upstairs. Um, in her head, she said she could hear Ron laughing. Um, her ex-husband never mentioned this experience again, but he also never yelled at her about how there were no such thing as ghosts. I remember this experience, and I, I wasn't in the... Ba- wait, was I there that day? I was, I was in the basement. I'm trying to remember what I was doing. This basement was really weird. It, the way that it was laid out, I had downstairs we had kind of like so in the kids of us it was me i was maybe 12 and yeah. i think at the time i had a an eight-year-old sister and we had had um like a, a room set up in the basement where like i had like my game consoles and a tv and i think my sister had a couple like things down there too and so basically it was like you know we would go and we could hang out in there and like watch tv and play video games and stuff right um Anyway, so I think I remember being in the basement that day, and I think I remember this story, actually. I remember actually watching this this enormous, this I get bigger and heavier than me at 12 years of age, this this punching bag just swinging away. Um, and it was weird, too, because... Or not weird, but it, it was one of those things where logically or science... You, you want to think about these things, right? You want to think, like, well, what could have caused this on a mundane level, right? Mm-hmm. Because we always want to look for that, right? We always want to be a little skeptical, yeah. right? It's not that we don't believe, Right. But healthy skepticism is a good thing. Right. But I remember this. And I remember seeing that punching bag swinging like that. And I was like, there I, 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 I even to this day, I cannot explain a scientific reason for why that thing would have been swinging in like full arcs, full circles from where it was hung, you know. Um, and, you know, and we're in the basement of a house, you know, on a quiet street. Like there were no, no, like no big trucks driving by creating vibration mm-hmm. and nothing like that. You know, so it was, it was really, it was really strange. Even, even at that point, even the, the, um, my mother, she said she was doing laundry. I remember even at that point, even the washer and dryer at that point were not running. So there was nothing to cause a vibration, nothing to create that move that movement. So it was really weird. And it was to this day, it's still a hilarious story to talk about as a family because it scared the shit out of this guy. And as you mentioned a moment ago, this guy was a garbage person. So put a little bit of fear into him. That was a fun thing. Um, <laughs> uh, so the second story that Kat chose to share. Um, well, actually, I'm I'm moving forward here. I'll be, let's 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 pick this one apart a little bit. So, in that moment, Austin, and I'm going to let you talk about this one because I'm the one that read the story, okay? Um, and I, I've heard this story a lot over the years. Um, in that moment, what do you think was happening that really kind of triggered that that ghost activity? Well,
0: <laughs> I think that your mother's ex husband um, had a lot of anger and we all know that the root of anger is fear mm-hmm. um ghosts feed off of that that is an easiest that that is an easy 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 yeah i can
1: right.
0: i can use this for some pk Yep. now your mother is a powerful witch mm-hmm. powerful witch powerful psychic um sweet sweet woman and Ooh, don't get on her bad side though Shit. don't get on her bad she'll, side she will you up but she she has some pretty potent um, spirits that protect her. Yeah. And spirits generally tend to like Mom. Yeah. Um, and part of it's because she's so kind-natured. She's cancer, so she mothers everyone, including dead things. <laughs> yes, um, yes, she does. And so as she... I, I think because she built that relationship with Ron, um, he did not like how this man was talking to your woman who's only ever been nice to him because you know she told him just like you know you don't I don't like that please just back off and usually he would. And yeah. so I think what was happening was it was a combination of there was a lot of probably anxiety on your mother's side because your mother doesn't like to yell. Um
1: or being yelled at. Or being
0: yelled at yeah. um firsthand. Know that. Um, and the fear and the rage from this guy And so it was colliding, creating probably this energetic, delicious buffet for Ron (laughs) to be like, ooh, I can use this. And he didn't like it. And so he started playing with that thing. Like, I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. But I don't think it was his intention to be like, no, ghosts are real. I think it was, you better back off because look what I can do to this. Think what I could do to you. Okay. I could shove you down those (laughs) stairs like... That yeah. break yep. your neck and you'd be stuck here with me
1: eh. i mean maybe you know yeah. Yeah. um
0: so i think that is a little bit of what is happening i think it is a uh, pk activity brought on by for those of you who do not know what pk is pk means psychokinetic uh, <laughs> psychokinetic activity brought on by an explosion of energy fueled by emotion that the spirit then used to prove a point
1: Okay. All right. I'll buy that. I mean, that makes as much sense to me. That house, as we're sitting here talking about this, that house, we could do a whole episode on the ghost experiences in that house, because that house was, that house was so active. We had Ron in that house. We had another ghost. Is this
0: the same house with, like, the veteran?
1: Yes. Okay. Well, Ron was the vet. That, oh. that, he was the veteran that died in that house. Okay. Um, and he, if I remember correctly, he um, when he was in that house, I believe he had been um, he'd been injured in World War II. Mm-hmm. He was very young. Um, I think he was like maybe in his early 30s, and he had been injured in World War II, uh, and his injury was extensive enough that they had to send him home. And I believe that he had some sort of like physical disability. like he had mobility issues basically mm-hmm. after that, like he couldn't walk. Um, you know, and so I think he needed care and that was why he was there, I think, or why he was sent home because I believe his family lived there with mm-hmm. him. Um his parents, I think, because I don't think he ever actually had a, a like a family of his own. Mm-hmm. Um anyway, but Do you um,
0: remember where this house still is?
1: Yeah, yeah, we've driven by there. That house actually has had really weird shit happen to it since we moved out. This is the house that with the thing on top of um, it. Um that had the spirit on the roof, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also this is the house that I believe it was. Well, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of it was six years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I we lived in this house when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I'm in my 40s now. Okay, when we moved, are six years ago before we bought the home that we're in now, mm-hmm. and we were actually looking for a new place to live. This house was on the market again. And we went and looked at this house again, and we were like, how weird would it be for us to move back into this house after we haven't lived here in, like, over 30 years? Like, how weird would that be? I think it'd be cool. Um, well, yeah. Well, particularly, particularly since, like, in the years that we moved out, like, the people that had lived there, and I think, like, two or three families had lived there in the time after that we'd moved, or after we'd left out. There were, there were, like like, several other people that had come and gone from that house and um, and everybody that had been there had like done some sort of renovation work on that space. So when we went in to look at it, it was like almost like looking at a totally new house. It was like it's so much changed. Were the um, spirits still there? Um, so, um, you know, I'm gonna be completely honest, I don't know. Oh, you I, weren't open? I went, no, it was an open house, mm-hmm. you know, and so I really was just kind of going just to see the house, you know, like just, you know, we were looking at buying the house, right, that was, you know, that was why we were there. Um, but um it's really weird though because that house a few things came up, right? In talking to the realtor. In the thirty years that we'd not lived there, like I said, there were like three families that had like come and gone mm-hmm. from that place. Which, you know, I mean not a big deal. Thirty years is a long time, mm-hmm. right? But I, I know that some of the reason that probably there was so much movement and so much change in the people living in that house probably was because of some of the spiritual activity, you know? Um And uh, beyond that, we, we ultimately, we chose not to buy that house because we all had kind of an odd feeling about the current owners and the way that they were like basically selling the house. And so we chose not to buy that house. And within six months, that house caught fire and like the whole upper level of the house up through the roof, like completely burned. Um, and I don't think anybody died, but I think that the people that did end up buying the house instead of us, I, I think that they were, like, a couple of them in that family, they were seriously injured in that fire. So, anyway, so that house had, like, really weird shit going on, and that, the way the house was laid out was really interesting. The basement had been built up in a way where there were these, like, secret tunnels. It was really strange. So, at one point, I'm, I'm t- I've totally taken the episode on a weird tangent. Basically, they had... Outfitted or they had renovated the basement in such a way where the original cellar style basement, all the walls had been build, built out with like cabinets and shelving and things. Okay. But there were still these tiny crawl spaces behind all of these cabinets and shelves. Um, and these were cabinets and shelves that were like permanent, they were built in, you know, and so, but there were these still these tiny crawl spaces behind them. And so, as kids, it was kind of fun because you could go downstairs and open a cabinet door and crawl through the cabinets you could push the back out and crawl through the cabinet and crawl from one end of the house to the other through the crawl spaces behind the cabinets that were down there so it was weird because as kids we were always like oh you've got secret passages in the basement right it was kind of a cool thing um and then the upstairs was really weird too they had turned the attic into um extra bedroom space upstairs mm-hmm. so what at one point was a, a big open attic space I'm sure had been turned into two small bedrooms with a small hallway and a closet and at one point that's where my sister and I stayed she had one room upstairs and I had the other um, you know and um, and that upstairs attic area was terrifying as children oh my god like we uh, we were never up there alone ever um and because we had this thing that would run around the roof of the house and uh, and the guest house behind this this pla- this pla- this is going to sound maybe unfortunate but we this was a very large house and it had a guest house on the back um that was we we basically we we rented to family a, it was an apartment for my older sister mm-hmm. um but we had this thing that would run around on the roofs of this, of, the, of the house and the guest house and it was it was scary. You could look out your bedroom window at night and see what looked like an adult man dressed all in black, running around on the roof of the house. And, and if he saw you, if he noticed you had seen him, he would jump off the roof and come over and get right up in your bedroom window and stare at you through the window. And as a 12-year-old witchling with who was wide open to this shit, this thing scared the fuck out of me. There were a number of nights where I was like, I can't sleep in my room. Like, my mother would get up in the morning and I'd be, I would have passed out on the couch in the living room. And she would be like, What happened? I'd be like, I couldn't sleep in my room. He was at my window again last night. You know, and my mother was like, Close your blinds. Stop looking out your window at night. <coughs> you know, and I was like, And obviously, like, logic, of course, right? Anyway, so that house is crazy. I could do a whole episode on all the weird shit that went down in that house. Anyway, no, that's okay. Um, who knows maybe next year all right so all right next story back to cat story so second story happened at a cemetery in West Virginia my mother was dying of liver cancer in Pennsylvania and my sister Carol and I had flown in to visit her I had been to visit my mother several times but Carol didn't have the financial means so this time I brought my sister with her or with me I bought her a ticket because I knew that it might it was so close to the time that my mother would die that my sister Carol would probably not have a chance to say goodbye if she didn't join me on this trip While my sister and I were there, we took a weekend and drove to Fallinsby, West Virginia to visit other family members, and uh, doing this because I didn't think that I would get back there anytime soon, if ever, to be able to see any of them again. Another one of my sisters, Phyllis, who was 13 months older than I, and uh, she and I were very close when we were younger, had died very suddenly at 43 years of age. This was several years before they were there to visit my my grandmother, my mother's mother at the time. Carol, the other sister, hadn't gone to the funeral because, again, of financial reasons, she couldn't travel. But she wanted to see our sister Phyllis's gravesite. While we were in Fallensby, we walked or traveled to the cemetery. We walked through the cemetery um, from my brother-in-law's house. This was my sister Phyllis' husband. Her sister Phyllis's husband, from her brother-in-law's house, which was just down the street from the cemetery. Um, I knew about where the gravesite was, since I had gone to the funeral. But after walking around and searching for at least a half an hour, I couldn't find my sister's grave. It was starting to get dark, and my other sister Carol was getting nervous about walking back through the cemetery. I stood quietly for a minute and asked if someone would guide me to my sister Phyllis's grave site. Someone took my hand and led me straight to the grave. My sister Carol was totally freaked out and you know, but followed my mother to, you know, followed me to the grave, right? Um, the reason that the grave couldn't be found, she my cat qualifies in here, she said the reason that the grave couldn't be found is because no headstone had been placed over the grave. And the grave had become so overgrown that she and my mother had had to dig through weeds to be able to find the small wire sign that had her sister Phyllis's name on it. Her sister Carol was terrified, waiting for her to clean up the grave. And it's dark at this point. She's cleaning the overgrowth away from the, the grave, the sign on the grave. How do you know you're a witch? There you go, exactly right. Um, And then, of course, they had to walk back through the cemetery and down a a dark, uh, you know, rural road back to her brother-in-law's house. this experience though um, really i think from what she says made a believer out of her sister carol um which is funny to me because i always remember my aunt carol my mother's sister carol being very open to these things
0: well, i'm sure she was but open to that.
1: but this story in particular though, i think this was definitely kind of creepy right like it's late at night you're in a cemetery you know and you're totally lost and you ask the spirits of that space for help and Boom! Someone walks up, grabs your hand. Obviously, someone you know, you're not seeing this person, right? But some sort of spirit comes up, grabs your hand, and guides you through the cemetery exactly to the grave, mm-hmm. right? And so I could see why that would be a little freaky. Yeah. Um, she adds one final note here that when she got back to her brother-in-law's house, that she did yell at him for not having purchased a gravestone for her sister. Good. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so Austin, what what would you share with our listeners on this particular experience? What in that moment where cat, where my mother found herself in that graveyard and she was lost, she could not find this. And it's getting dark, right? Mm-hmm. And she couldn't find this grave. She asked for help and she, she got it. What, what would, you, would you, how would you maybe elaborate on that?
0: I think there might be a couple of things going on there. Um, I know that your mother is a very talented, very gifted psychic and witch. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously that means her guides, her spirits, mm-hmm. would have to match that level. And so, it could have been a guide. However, I, I've heard your—I've heard mom tell this story before. Um, and my gut instinct, every single time, is that it was actually um, your, 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 your aunt Phyllis. Oh, you think
1: it was Phyllis that did that?
0: I think it was Phyllis that did that. Okay. Because. Most of the time, spirits that are in the graveyard don't know where certain bodies are laid unless it's the the, the baron of the graveyard, unless it's the mm-hmm. guardian of that graveyard. Um, and rarely can you catch the attention of that guardian. Normally you go into the graveyard and go, here's my coin. Mm-hmm. do my thing here's the thing well, and gra- graveyard
1: guardians are, are, always, are usually I think a lot more preoccupied with the dead
0: yes they're usually making sure that that's really their job yes they're usually making sure things stay out and the dead stay in mm-hmm. um, and so I think it was your sister your, not your sister, your mother's sister my mother's sister, my aunt yes I think aunt. it was mom's sister sister Phyllis okay um, or or um because there is such a powerful ancestral tie between you and all the spirits in your family, I think it may have been who you were named after.
1: Oh, my great-grandfather Michael? Yes. Hmm. Okay.
0: Th- those have always been my instincts. Um, I I have had experiences like this that, uh, that like, like your mother had. Um, usually it's more centered around uh someone needing help or something needing help okay Um, uh, or or wanting to go home example uh the last time i went uh to wendy's favorite antique shop with her i think it was the only time gone um when we were in the midst of doing those things with the par um there was a spirit there and it was attached to one of the dolls and i was like okay okay I, I I'm not I'm I'm not taking you home, yeah. But it wouldn't leave me alone, so I just kind of was like okay, lead me, and my hand was taken as if it was a little child, just taking me, leading it, mm-hmm. and so I think, as mediums, because your mother is a medium, the dead talk to her, and yeah. she talks to the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's a physical medium. Mm-mm. I think she's a mental emotional medium, um, but. Mediums, we have this capability, and you know this, of we can speak pretty clearly to the dead. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of our little knacks that we have, and so when there is a spirit around, um, we have the ability to go, okay, calm down. What's going on? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what happened with your mother. Is your mother took a took a second, grounded herself, and asked for help someone leave me and i think the spirit that led her was phyllis
1: okay yeah no, I, I mean that to be honest i you know in the years of this this because i mean this happened many many years ago mm-hmm. i mean my my in the years of my i, I my mother i think and this is probably easily 20 something years ago and mm-hmm. uh you know i mean in, in the years that have passed I mean, her sister carol now has also unfortunately died
0: mm-hmm. um isn't just her older sister rosemary who's alive
1: um yeah i think at this but rosemary and, and my mother are the, the last two women um of that generation of the family, yeah. Is it, is Rosemary the older sister? Yeah. Rosemary's Rosemary was the the eldest. Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, um, but I, I, I have often wondered the, the exact same thing. I, you know, she was there. She was, uh, you know, desperately trying to find the grave of her sister Phyllis, and uh, you know, uh, yes, someone, who better
0: to find their exactly. help you yeah. find their resting yeah. place than the person who's resting? Yeah.
1: There? yeah. Well, and we know for a while there, too, particularly around that time, we know that Phyllis was basically haunting the family. <laughs> you know, like all of us. Didn't she
0: haunt your, your grandmother?
1: She did. She was in my grandmother's house for a long time, more than one house, actually, because at the time that Phyllis died, my grandmother lived in, in Prescott, Arizona, mm-hmm. in this little house that she had lived in with her her second husband. Um, and uh, after Phyllis died, um, she basically hung around my grandmother's house and my grandmother found weird shit in that house like she found um, there was always a smell in the house Mm -hmm. like a particular perfume but my grandmother didn't wear perfume and she lived there alone Mm -hmm. Um, and we would go and visit her at least once or twice a year and she would smell jasmine perfume and it was a very particular type of perfume I sent them but that was a scent that Phyllis wore when Mm -hmm. she was alive Phyllis loved jasmine perfume Um, and then uh, and doves and I remember once, once we went to visit my grandmother and my grandmother um I like think she came out of her bathroom mm-hmm. um, one day and she had like this little stud, like this little earring in her hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was asking my mother and my sister, like, is this, is this belong, is this yours? You know? And my mother's like, I don't wear gold. It was a little gold dove. It was a little gold dove mm-hmm. earring. And my mother's like, I don't wear gold. Um, and I you know i don't don't really wear stud here i don't wear that style of earring right you know and and i you know no it's not mine and at that point i think i don't think my younger sister even had pierced ears Mm -hmm. at that point and so um and it wasn't yours uh, no no you know um and so but it was weird because doves were always my uh my aunt phyllis loved doves like her house she had like pictures and everybody gave her doves you know um And, uh, so it was really weird, like, my grandmother had a few situations like that where doves showed up in really weird ways, like, unexplainable, like, there's, no one, no one in the house was wearing dove earrings Mm -hmm. to, to lose a dove earring on her bathroom floor, you know? Um, yeah, and then she, um, after my grandmother, she sold her house in Arizona, and she moved back to Pennsylvania, and in the house she lived in in Pennsylvania, which was such a cool house, um. That house in Pennsylvania was really cool because it always reminded me as a teenager, of course, right? Um, perception is skewed. But it always reminded me of the house that the Witches on Charmed lived in. Ooh. Because it had this, like, you could go up the stairs to the upper level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of cool. You'd go upstairs to the upper level and then you'd go into the room, my grandmother's bedroom, and you'd walk into the room and her closet door would open. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you'd go through her closet... And then there was a, another hidden stairway that went up to the attic. I want a hidden and stairway. And the attic was like, was like the diameter of the house like Mm -hmm. the attic was just this huge open space and then the building was like it was one of the old row houses that you see in like old downtown areas and then in the new england area um and so the out the attic of the house had like like a really pitched roof so like you could you were in the attic even the attic ceiling was like a good 10 feet tall Mm -hmm. Um, and so you could get up there and it was just this enormous attic space that was the same Size of the footprint of the house, mm-hmm. you know, and so, and I always remember that from Charmed as a teenager. I was like, like, oh, they had that really cool attic, right, where they did all their mm-hmm. spell work and shit, you know. Um, anyway, so, um, but yeah, but my, but my aunt Carol, or excuse me, my aunt Phyllis, she, she haunted that house. And when we went to visit my grandmother, I think for the last time before my grandmother died of cancer, um, Phyllis was there, and we even went up there because my grandmother told me she's like, she's like, I sleep at night and I can hear her walking around upstairs. Like, there's someone in my attic at night. And she says that I'm not entirely sure who, but I think it could be. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and at the time, my grandmother's saying these things, and a lot of people, particularly people who, like, her nurses and her care people, they don't know all about the family and all the weird, creepy, witchy shit that we've always done, right? Mm -hmm. So they're thinking, oh, it's the morphine, (laughs) because she was on a lot of pain medication at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, she's just drugged. She's having reactions with the medication. And that shit happens. If you're on, you know, morphine and stuff, you're going to have... Hallucinate. You're gonna, I'm not hallucinations necessarily, but you're going to be having weird loopy. experiences, right? You're, you're going to be loopy, right? Your perceptions are, skew, are skewed. But she was telling us, you know, like I hear someone walking in the attic at night while I'm trying to sleep, and you know, and so we we went up there. We went up into the attic, and um, uh, and and my aunt Phyllis was up there, and you know, and my mother and I we talked with her. We were like, "Why are you here?" Like at this point, I think my aunt Phyllis had been dead for probably like a okay, good 15 years. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you here?" why are you here you know um and she said she said i'm waiting for her and at the time it was a really weird conversation because when my aunt phyllis died she and her mother my grandmother they were not on very good terms like they had not spoken to each other to be fair your so. yeah. grandmother was a was a nasty woman i will i will admit absolutely my grandmother was not a nice person um and she and my aunt phyllis uh had fallen out quite 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 Dramatically. Well, yes,
0: but it wasn't um, hard to fall out with your grandmother. No, it
1: wasn't. Uh, but anyway, but Phyllis said she's like, I'm waiting for her, and it was like, is this a, like, are you waiting like in a good way or like in a bad way? You know, it, was very, <laughs> it was one of those like very like like. Could it be both? Yeah, maybe. Um, anyway, yeah. So um I I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, God talking about this shit now. It's just so weird. These these stories. I would hope or I would like to think that a lot of people's families have stories like this which might seem odd because I don't think anybody actively goes looking for ghost stories. Uh, but I, I also know that these are the kinds of things that, um, these are like other family stories, I think, you know, like you talk about happy stories or memories that you have of like grandparents or whoever, right? You mm-hmm. know, and like, you know, and, and I guess for me, these kinds of experiences, because they were so common growing up in my family, like these are like, these are our happy, fun stories, mm-hmm. which might sound again, like really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it is what it is, um, and as you and I always say, this kind of shit doesn't scare us anymore. As, yeah. As witches and as people who deal with these kinds of spiritual energies all the time, the shit that spooks other people—another day for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I was having that 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 conversation with my student Kaylin. Um, so Kaylin, if you're listening to the episode, shout out. Um, <laughs> but I was having that conversation. She was like, "Yeah, it used to be like really scare me, like in the beginning when I started taking your waking witch class. She's like, now they just wake me up, but I'm like." leave me alone. Yeah, like
1: I'm <laughs> trying to sleep. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, and you know, sometimes it, it, it's it's harder than others, particularly when they catch you off guard. I mean, last year, around this time, when I, I got up to, to go to the bathroom, and there was someone who I thought was Chris mm. in the living room.
1: Yeah.
0: I, and I got up, and I, and I was actively like, oh, it's just Chris, he's getting some water or something. And I went to the bathroom, I got out, and he had like Come closer, mm-hmm. and I I looked at. it I was like, "Chris, what do you want?" Yeah. And it wasn't Chris. Mm-hmm. And I actively was like, "Okay, whatever. You're not going to talk to me." And I went to my room, and he couldn't get in because wards. Yeah. Um. And when I talked to Chris, Chris was like, "Yeah, that was. That was probably my dad,
1: who mm-hmm. looked a lot like Chris." Yeah. yeah.
0: And I I remember um. I remember he hung around he hung around, and I didn't like his energy. It didn't feel like Chris, because like, Chris is like a brother to me.
1: Mm.
0: Like, I know that if I ever need, if I if I need, like a, Chris is going to be the first person to give me a hug if I'm crying.
1: Ew. That's
0: just how Chris is. You know? Um, And I, this, this had a predatory energy.
1: Yeah, that would predatory. make sense for Chris's father. Chris's father had very much that kind of an energy, yeah.
0: And I remember a couple nights later, he was out there in the living room again, and I stood there and I looked at him, and he decided he was going to try and come get me. Mm. Like, he started, like, actively moving through the couches and stuff. Mm. And, of course, you know, whipped my finger out.
1: Yes, exactly. And I. Your magic ghost banishing finger.
0: You know, banishing pentagram. No. Yeah. And gone. Yeah. But, um. But, the, the, it didn't scare me. I was just like, this is annoying. I. Ended up, Bitch, I need to go sleep. I I got shit to do in the morning. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: Making me cast spells this early.
1: Yeah. Well, also, you know, in that particular situation, that was that that was um, unlike some of the stories that were Mm. shared tonight by some people. You know, where they had direct interaction. That was an experience where the spirit really it was behaving in an aggressive manner. You know, it, it connected with you from across the room. It, it acknowledged you. It you know made eye contact, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you made it quite clear, like, I'm really not available for this right now. And it still was like, oh, no, and I'm going to get you. Know, and it was moving toward you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, leaving people do that shit to me, right? If I see someone from across the room and I'm like, I don't really have the time. Like, I'm not available to talk right now. And they're still coming at me. I'm like, that's aggressive. I'm going to fucking swing on you. Get mm-hmm. the fuck away from me. You know, um, so yeah, so I mean, I get, so the response makes perfect sense, you know, and the way that you handled that, I was like, yeah, I I probably would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, like, yeah, all y'all ghosts listen to this episode, quit, quit hassling us, (laughs) especially late at night when we're groggy and half asleep. It's Mm -hmm. scary. But but that's the easiest time for me to talk to you. It's true, actually. (laughs) That's a good point. You know, maybe we should talk about that real quick before we wrap up the episode. A lot of these experiences. Hello.
0: Have you heard about your car's extended warranty?
1: Ugh, I hate that spirit. Ugh. Actually this time of year I'm getting a lot of the, the spirits calling me with uh wanting me to like take like political polls. Yes. And wanting me to know who I'm voting for or wanting to wanting to ask me who I'm voting for, these kinds of
0: things. Yes, do you have time to talk about this? Do you have time to talk about the upcoming election? <laughs> Bitch, who are you?
1: Yes, exactly. Get the fuck
0: out of my room. Exactly.
1: Um these experiences you know, um, these happen a lot, I think. When you hear people relating these stories, very often these are experiences that are had like late at night in liminal spaces, yeah, in, in, or or twilight, where you know, like where the sun has begun to set, you know, and it might not be like nighttime or, or, or dark sky yet, but you know, but you're getting there, mm-hmm. right? And why why is that? And explain to our listeners what where, what what information do we have based purely on like occult a, a witchcraft, even folk. Practices magically. What what knowledge do you know is out there that would maybe explain? What information I should say is out there that would explain why nighttime?
0: At nighttime, there's less uh, psychic noise. Okay. Um, which seems weird because everything kicks up at night. But no, there's less uh, ambient psychic noise. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a reason why a lot of witches like to work at night, and it's it's one because of the connection to the moon and the stars that we have, mm-hmm. but also. Um, it's because it's easier for you to go, okay, I'm pulling this energy, I'm calling this energy, I'm focusing this energy, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, Whereas during the day,
1: the sunlight is abrasive. The energy of the sun is just like... It just—that's yeah, been my experience. I, I always—I always think that when I meet somebody, they're like, "I just love the sun. I could just sit outside in the sun for an hours." And I was like, e- "That's disgusting. What's wrong with you?" If
0: you're listening, Jillian, we're talking about you. No, we you're love no, person. No, we
1: love Jillian, but um, yeah, but, but seriously, like, like, she would just lay
0: out there in like 105 weather, and uh, I'm, I'm like, and, and just like this enjoy is so your melanoma, awesome.
1: lady. Good God, and I'm like, um, Jillian,
0: it's hot. <laughs> what are you doing? But um, so. So that's part of the reason. Another part is because it's a, it's a tween time or it's a liminal space. Mm. Okay. Um, twilight, right as the sun is about to go, um, is about to rise. Obviously, there's we're we're still in the dark, but the light is coming. At dusk, we're still in the light, but the dark is coming. Um, uh, those those are the those are the reasons. And I think that's one of the reasons why. Uh, this time of year, usually we see activity kick up because we're not in winter, but yeah. we're not in summer. And yeah, this
1: is a very twilight kind of time yeah. of the year, just in general. Well, what about more mundane things like, you know, you hear about um, like you mentioned night and how night is a time where there's less psychic chatter or, mm-hmm. or ambient psychic noise. But I mean, that that really is kind of true overall right Mm -hmm. I I don't care even people that live in like really big metropolitan areas like urban situations where there's like you know you're living in a big city right where like things are open 24 hours a day people are always moving always doing things even though even with that being the case even at night there still is a slowing down Mm -hmm. there still is like it's not quite as busy it's Mm -hmm. not quite as extreme and so even on a mundane level I think even just physically like audibly it's quieter Mm mm-hmm And we're likely to be more aware of things. Mm -hmm. You know, beyond that, I think once it gets dark, our physical eyes in the process of trying to adjust to dark time, like our vision isn't... For most people, our Mm -hmm. vision isn't... Our
0: vision is is in a liminal space. Exactly.
1: Right? And so and anytime we see one of our physical senses kind of limited in some way, we often see our spiritual senses kind of dial up. Yep. You know, (laughs) to kind of make the difference. Mm -hmm. And so... Well, I
0: mean, that's one of the reasons why you usually like if you are going to a medium our eyes are usually closed
1: yeah, yeah we do we will we will do that because it helps us to focus on the psychic mm-hmm. yeah um also it's weird to sit and like lock eyes with someone while you're doing that kind of work mm-hmm. i mean god how creepy um i'll do that if i'm channeling but i won't do it if i'm if my eyes are closed uh if i'm doing
0: mediumship um but like um even reiki like for me when i'm doing reiki mm-hmm. my eyes are closed
1: yeah cuz you're you're focusing on the on the, the the subtle mm-hmm. the, the spiritual energy yeah
0: you know? and it's not that i need my eyes closed but i think i think it helps cuz what it is is if you close your eyes you've deprived one sense yeah. i don't have any of the the distractions you know because of where yeah. i do my reiki work um in our in, in, in our classroom space there's lights there's sounds there's there's movement outside there's this there's that there's this there's that there's this, all these things yep. and so by closing my eyes it allows me to focus on What's happening in my hands? Yep. What am I feeling here? Mm -hmm. How can I move this energy? You know? Yeah. Um, So, and I think that's one of the reasons why, and I also know that's one of the reasons why, um, at night things amp up. Again, like you said, sensory deprivation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh
1: my god, what if you were to do a sensory deprivation tank in a haunted house? That would be very interesting, um, and if you could fill it with salt water, um... That would also amplify some of the communication you would receive. It'd be very
0: clear communication, and the spirits wouldn't be able to touch you.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: They'd be like, oh no, I'm getting neutralized
1: i don't know about that but
0: um, oh no i'm getting grounded out
1: <laughs> uh, quite possibly well i mean the salt that they use in that stuff isn't like it's not like salt salt right no it's magnesium it's, yeah it's a different mineral. It's, it's epsom salt um, it's mag- it's
0: magnesium citrus. yeah
1: yeah so you're getting a different element in there but um but something about that though that does seem to kind of heighten psychic mm-hmm. communication um that would actually be really cool shit no, though no, i want to try that i love to go floating Mm-hmm. Like in, like in, you know, like like sensory depth I Keep trying I to, to do floating, that for you, you
0: know? and you're like, no. and I, but doing
1: something like that in a haunted house or a place that just had a lot of really like spiritual activity that would be very cool. Um, who has the time and the money to go and float right now? Beyond that, COVID kind of killed the whole floating thing for me. I'm like, how clean are these places really? You know. Anyway,
0: um, well, I mean, also the, the, the water is
1: very salty, and bacteria probably can't survive in it. <laughs> Yeah, but you're not just touching the water at that point. I mean, you're in there, in the room, you know, like, you're showering. With soap. You're touching stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's the same reason I don't like going to the gym anymore. Because the gym is gross.
0: You never liked going People to don't. the gym.
1: Well, no, I, you know, the thing is, is I think if, if I could go to the gym, okay, so, like, if I were, like, a bougie and I had, like, like a fancy home gym, I would probably utilize it. Because then I would be like, okay, just my germs, just my sweat you know but like to go to a gym now though is like okay you go in there you know and you're you're feeling kind of like at least me this is me right i don't like crowds i don't like a lot of people mm-hmm. so already i'm anxious right it's noisy in there because you've got all these people talking, you've got TVs going, you've got who knows whatever the hell, right? Um, The lighting is horrible because they always have those awful fluorescent lights, so you're like, ew, I hate fluorescence, the light is just, it bothers my eyes. Um, And the people are rude, you know, so you're always kind of, you're either like waiting for a piece of equipment while somebody finishes their fucking text messages, you know, it's like, buddy, you've been sitting there for five minutes without using the machine, would you just hit send and fuck off? You know? Or, you know, you've got these nasty ass people that you work a machine and then they just sweat all over the damn thing and they just whoop, get up and walk away. Don't and it's, like, it it's like, yet. oh, well, thank you so much for letting me sit in your filth. You know, and so, yeah, so no, the gym sucks. You know, and then we had COVID on top of that and it was like, okay, no, thank you. People are disgusting enough and now we have killer viruses. Um, anyway. Do we, do we have an episode? Yes, I think we okay. have an episode. I think, I think we, we achieved what we wanted to, I hope, with this. I think, and hopefully mm-hmm. those of you who submitted stories. Again, thank you yeah. so much well, for, for contributing stories.
0: I'm going to share one more story, and it's actually a story that happened recently, as oh. in last Saturday. Oh, okay. So,
1: um, it's not scary. Well, um, I don't know that any of our stories not really work That's up to us.
0: That, that's not up to us. That's I'm sure as they things were things.
1: happening to these people at the time, I'm sure Probably some of the shit was definitely scary. Yeah. Um, but now, like, telling those stories now, it's kind of like, well, I mean, this was, like, eerie and creepy, mm-hmm. but maybe not. You know, that's scary. So, yeah.
0: we wrapped up my Awakening the Witch class last Saturday, um, and we usually finish that class with a particular ritual um, to call a familiar. And so now, for those of you listening, familiar is not your fur baby, a um, spirit familiar. And so I am. Um, so we did that, and you know, I'm getting the ambiance set. It, I'm, I'm, I'm closing, closing the, closing the things, getting everything ready, lighting the cauldron, turning the lights off, and everyone's standing, and they're doing the things that I've taught them to do to help prepare the space. So they have prepared the space, and I tell everyone, okay, now sit, and all the physical human bodies sit whilst the shadows of these spirits that have taken attention remain standing behind and around them. And it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was at first like, oh, my eyes must still be a... Adjo- no.
1: Well, I've had, we've had experiences like that happen as a coven where we've been doing something and you know and it's it's weird because again the mind you want to try to justify or explain these things Mm -hmm. like a rational scientific level right where you're like okay well i'm looking across the room at a person there is a cauldron with a roaring fire in it between us Mm -hmm. obviously shadows are going to be cast right the light from the fire is going to shine past us and yes there's going to be a shadow behind us right the interesting thing though is that um if you, if you, sometimes those shadows, like, they're not shaped like that person. Yeah. You know, like, you're looking at a shadow that is, like, like, you know, like, shadows that, like, have horns, and, sh- you know, and it's, like, it's, like, I don't care how the fire is moving on someone, and how that shadow could be moving on the wall behind them, they're not gonna fucking sprout horns. I mean, there's no re- there's no reason, there's no explanation mm-hmm. for that, right? So, yeah, so it is very interesting when that happens.
0: Yeah. Um... So so I think that was a cool story and everyone like had an experience. I actually had um, one of my students say, Yeah, so I sat down on the floor and as soon as I like went to sit down on the floor, I felt something like try and move between my legs. Slut. And like like like, like, like almost like a horse or like a cat or something.
1: Oh like you were mounting something? Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between a horse and a cat. Well, but that feeling of like
0: I'm going to sit down—it's kind of like when you when, when you're walking and your cat's weaving so between like you're your
1: straddling legs, straddling a saddle. I mean, yes, I know what it feels like to have a cat weave between your legs. that, Which that thats thats morning coffee, right there. That yeah.
0: or or a dog, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I had someone else. Um, I actively saw someone else's hair, whilst I was leading everyone through the ritual and the chant. I actively saw their hair get lifted up. Oh, okay. As if this spirit was like, do I like your smell? Oh, interesting. Um, I, I, it was so cool because this is not the first time I've had an experience like that, but most of the time I'm not there enough because I'm leading the working, mm-hmm. yeah, to be aware of it. But because I wasn't. I was just leading the working. I wasn't par- participating really.
1: Yeah.
0: I hadn't. I had the chance to have everyone doing their thing, looking out, and it was so cool. It helped that I also was burning wormwood.
1: Wormwood is nice. It gives body to spirits. Yes. Stinky though, but. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's not what I would call a Good. It's not an unpleasant smell. It's not. But not it's not fun. necessarily a pleasant smell either.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, so, anyway, so I just want to share that because it was a yeah, really pretty no, cool, cool. Spirit activity. Yeah. I think we have an episode.
1: All right. Yes. Again, I want to say thank you so much to those of you who contributed stories. Hopefully, we did uh, justice to them. I, I apologize we, once again if I maybe mispronounced names or uh, lost the thread of some of your stories, um, but I think we think we did a pretty okay job. I think you know, we did great. So, um, I think this is our last episode before uh, Shadowfest. Yeah. Before Halloween hits. Yes. And um, so I just want to thank everybody uh and uh once again and say please have a a safe and happy halloween shadow fest whatever the hell you call it in your own traditions tenebrous. um yes tenebrous. uh yes exactly and uh yeah and we will see you uh see you we will talk to you next week
0: <laughs> happy witching